KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah, by a black man. That's right. <laughs> we don't black down. This is KBLA. And I got a studio full of guests. Uh, what a great uh, morning it is around here. Uh, joining me in studio, a lot of knowledge in uh, one place. Um, first, I'll introduce a native of Compton, California. He's been a teacher at Dorsey High since 1997. Uh, when he was two, he started teaching there. Uh, <laughs> he attended Pitzer College in Claremont and Loyola, Loyola Law School in L.A. He got a bachelor's in psychology, two doctorates. He's an AP advocate, program fellow, and a lot more. Like, I can read this uh, bio all day. But um, I think what's key to the conversation is that his African-American studies class has been featured in the L.A. Times, the L.A. Sentinel, and the CBS Morning Show with Gail King. Donald Singleton, welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for coming in. We got a, we do have a lot to talk about. Also coming back on the scene, a trailblazer of diverse and general consumer marketing programs, PR strategies. She's built bridges to ethnic and cultural understanding between corporate America and various communities. She's a national rena nationally renowned community leader and an independent speaker and management consultant for nonprofit and corporate organizations. She's a gifted performing vocalist. These folks got titles. Uh, and she recently added to her portfolio the title of uh, leader of the uh, famous um, uh, Our Authors Study Group, Laura Daniels-Ball. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank I you forgot for the Laura's Kitchen. You you got <laughs> you got titles. She has a business now, which I have to mention because it's Wealth Building Wednesday. Welcome. Ah, thank you for having us back here. You know, I think we talked about this last time you were here, uh, Miss Daniels Boz, that people think of our authors as like you know Oprah's Book Club. It's mm, not really it's that. Not. It's about history. Yes. And black history right now seems to be a controversial topic, more yes. controversial than ever. Yes, and we are moving from enjoying uh, spotlighting our history to advocating for our history as a healing point for uh, diversity. And, you know, Dr. King really was looking for healing the soul of America. And that's really what um, I'm moving our organization into promoting, because we believe that once people understand that black history is American history, America will heal. America's not whole until they understand black history. That and reparations, I think, would yes, do it. Yes, and reparations. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's part of, of it. Right, because yes. reparations means repair, which yes. is healing, right? Yes, and everyone's been repaired but us. Mm, well, I don't know about that. Some folks got work to do. But I don't think, and eh, controversy is my job, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think white America gets repaired until we get reparations. Well, that's part of it. Because although we talk about slavery, that's part of it. But they don't understand the excellence part. See, we move from slavery into the excellence. And to, that's why we want to spotlight and uncover the hidden gems that people don't know. Because we don't know all of the things that we've done. And so our young people think that the story, only story is slavery. So once, pe uh, once white guilt is assuaged until, so they understand our excellence, then they'll get healed too and understand that there's not a threat. You know, they have been part of our narrative in bad and good ways in some cases. So if they'll if they'll be bold enough to explore the entire history, they'll they'll understand. 
and they'll be part of the healing. And America gets healed. And that's our vision. That is really the bold vision that we have. And we believe at Arthur Study Club that black history and the knowledge of it in its entirety is the pathway to healing America. Uh, Dr. Donald Singleton, you've been... (laughs) You've been teaching at Dorsey since 1997. People that are not from L.A., we've got a lot of people that are part of our delegation from all over the world don't know. Dorsey is an iconic uh, high school in the heart of South L.A., uh, actually famous for football and apparently, uh, and apparently black studies. But I bet you when you started in 97, you never imagined that um, cannabis would be legal and you'd be on the, and you'd be about to be known as a black history dealer a black history would be illegal that's funny what happens at Dorsey which is an amazing amazing place and you're talking about football they have the South LA Classic on Friday Dorsey versus King Drew at the Coliseum and the halftime performances are Warren G and Exhibit. So call Dorsey High and get your tickets for that. That'll be amazing. But what happens at Dorsey, actually, I have been doing black history since 98 when I took young people to the South on the Sojourn to the Past trip. We met John Lewis and Minnie Jean Brown Tricky at Little Rock Nine. And we've been studying that for quite a while. And so black history has been something I have been studying and been a part of for many, many years. Yeah, um, but it does seem like now you're, you know, you're actually slinging illegal content. <laughs> it's funny. It, it's not illegal everywhere. Right. And what happens is, for example, in <laughs> not Florida. Not everywhere. In, in Florida, where it seems to be illegal all over Florida, I have white Republican friends in Florida because I work for the college board and I meet with my friends in Utah every year. And I have some conservative friends who think that what's going on in Florida is crazy. When DeSantis first started that nonsense, I told people he was trying to out-Trump Trump, trying to be more racist than Trump because he's trying to curry favor from the Trump supporters. He's trying to say I'm even crazier than Donald Trump is. And so when I talked to my white friends in Florida, I had dinner with them um, a couple months ago, they were saying, don't think that everybody in Florida believes that nonsense because humanity is humanity there are people there who realize you can't be human unless we all come together. There's no way to have a whole race, a whole group of people, if you're dividing it by something as superficial as phenotype, as superficial as the race classifications. And so what happens in Florida and in Texas, I have friends. Uh, one of my friends in Texas, Mark, is a white southern right of center, um, white boy as he calls himself, and <laughs> he says, you know, we cannot focus on this hatred. We cannot live in that place. What happens? Look what's happening all over the world when you're living in a place of hatred. Yeah, and, and also when we're living ahistorically. I mean, part of what makes, you know, what's happening all over the world, as you refer to it, um, such a problem is that people don't know the history. They only know what's happening right now. They only know that Instagram post may be going back six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that's part of the problem. I hear you mm-hmmm-ing. Uh, Laura Daniels Ball, what do you, what do you want to add to that? I mean, I imagine that's, that's part of what, you know, the mission of our authors is as well. Well, I'm, I'm co-signing on what you're saying. They only know the most recent tweet, which is why the historical part, I I was, I was really struck on the uh, interview, uh, the CBS interview when one of the young people said, well, you know, I didn't want to deal with my history because all I heard about was slavery. 
they didn't hear about anything else because the only narrative that they would hear was slavery. And they're not the only ones. I mean, yeah. what was it? Uh, was it Steve King, the representative out of, out of New York that said black people or what have black people or any dark skinned people contributed to world history mm-hmm. and the, really didn't know? Because it's not taught. And some of it is purposely not taught in AP African American Studies. History begins where it should be in Africa. Africa is the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the mother of mankind. It all starts in Africa. And when you learn that the Africans were traitors, they traded with the Arabs, the Persians, the Chinese. People think it started in slavery. Before the transatlantic slave trade, Africans were traitors. In fact, in the 1500s, Juan Garrido was in Mexico City writing a letter to the government saying, look, I've been to Puerto Rico, I've been to Cuba, and I want to get paid. And so you get this misunderstanding that Africans only came here and became slaves. But prior to that, Queen Njinga was a military leader. Queen Idaya was a military leader. These are the people who started the history. And what happens is, if you don't realize how great you are, think about the great Zimbabwe, which is the stone architecture in Zimbabwe. Look up all the talents and skills that have to come into place. If you understand how great Africans are, you stop seeing them as slaves. And that's the co- whole duty of the course to talk about the beauty and the brilliance of Africa, the resilience of Africans. Because kids come in, all they hear about is slavery. Well, why is that? Because if you show somebody that's all you think they're going to be, that's all they're going to be. But if you show them who they were, they spend their lifetime trying to get back to that. I mean, honestly, I had a, I've had several moments like that as a mom, but there was one particular school where I had to go in and say, look, every year in Black History Month, you got the kids reading a story about slaves. But I came in with the stack of books. (laughs) You know, here's some alternatives because we're not about to read about the boy who mailed himself in the box again. We're not about to tell that story again. How can we start with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, and learn about inventors or something else? Um, But what you said, they, they spend their lives trying to get back to it. What? Well, we'll talk about this when we come forward. How do you see this impacting the young people that you're working with when you share this knowledge with them when it really starts to sink in how does it shift their perspective their lifestyles their choices we'll talk about that when we come forward laura uh, daniels ball and dr donald singleton are my guests and you're listening to kbla talk 1580 say the quiet part out loud kbla talk 1580 Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Yes, I do appreciate you, and I'm sure uh, my guests do as well. Dr. Donald Singleton, an uh, AP African-American studies pioneer and California educator, and our author's study club president and entrepreneur, uh, Laura Ball, Daniels Ball, is with us as well. Uh, don't forget about those, the cookie mix. You can make yourself seem like you know how to cook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get some that lure. And that's always good for the holidays to front like there's some for, amazing yeah. uh, Anytime. Yeah, yeah, but yes. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for coming in. And I had asked you before, um, News Traffic and Sports, Dr. Singleton, what what is the impact that you see when when this information starts to sink in? The excitement in the young people when they realize how great their ancestors were. And then Mm -hmm. the disbelief that they never learned it in any other classes. No one ever talked about it. There's no focus on Africa. And so I love the fact that we start with Africa. It's, It's the most wonderful thing because there are things that the world needs to know 
about Africans. I talk to people, some of my evangelist Christians who um, were involved in slavery and lynching blacks and hating black people. I said, did you know that an African carried Jesus's cross? The Bible says Simon of Serene carried Jesus's cross. Well, Serene is North Africa. That's Libya. And so how can you hate blacks when okay. an African that, carried his we'll, cross? We'll do it. You'll have to come back and we'll do that <laughs> show because for some reason, like I feel like it, it can be, it's a whole can of worms. But, <laughs> the, but the Bible is a religious book. It's not a historical document, just like the Quran is a religious book, just like, you know, all religious texts. And we sometimes try conflate that with a historical um, text. But I, but your point is taken. I mean, it's like when we watch science fiction and there's no black people in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way our, te- our history is taught. There's no black people in the past. I think we're making progress in some ways. And that, I believe, is why, one of the reasons, aside from the out-trumping Trump thing, why there's so much pushback. Um, I'll give you an example. One of the same school where I had to go and holler about the box boy story every year. One of the young white teachers there was teaching Imhotep. I almost fell out of my chair <laughs> because that's just, you know, the, the right, the father of medicine, right. the first doctor, mm-hmm. uh, a black man out of, out of Egypt. And Egypt was not Arab at that time. It was mm-hmm. Nubian African. Right. Um, do you see the progress, Laura Daniels Ball? Do you, do you think that there is at the same time we're seeing backlash, we're seeing uh, motion? This progress because we're here talking about this. Mm-hmm. There's progress because I found Dr. Singleton through Black Press. Mm. Okay, so there is progress, but we have to be, I'm sorry, woke, and we have to support each other. Yeah, I agree. And we I'm have we unapologetically have, woke. At we that. <laughs> have to support our Black Press mm. because that's the only way we get our news. I would not have found Dr. Singleton. If I didn't have a subscription and read that subscription with the LA with the Los Angeles Sentinel, right? Now where else was I going to find that? And then I am appalled because I'm finding out that nobody else knows about this incredible educator right here in our midst. We have to take care of ourselves first. So yes, we are making progress, but it's not enough. We need our billionaire black folks that have money to put, invest in us to make sure that our educators are the solution. What does that investment look like? What do you mean? That Buy inve- books? Are you talking about? That investment means in physical properties and facilities. That investment means uh, similar uh, institutions like the Academy Awards. Why don't we have an, an Academy for uh, black performing I mean, some people will say Image you. Awards. Uh, no, Image Awards. I was one of the first sponsors in California of uh, Image Awards under Coors, really? under Coors Brewing Company. Okay. Image Awards has gone through all these di- different iterations. We now give awards to everybody else but us. Why do we always have to do everything for everyone else to justify ourselves? That's a whole nother conversation. That's a great conversation. It's part of every conversation. <laughs> it's but, really but, part of every conversation because right. I am definitely for coalition, but coalition shouldn't mean that we have to disappear. That we have to disappear. And and Dr. Carter G. Woodson started. The father of black history. The father of black history started and created the opportunity for every other inf- affinity group 
to have a day, a month, a week, an opportunity to be recognized. When they walk through that door, we're holding the door open. We should not be left holding the door open, nor should we apologize because we want to celebrate ourselves. Because we respect and celebrate ourselves does not mean we disrespect anyone else. Absolutely. and In fact, I, I love that you brought up woke because to me, woke has become like, um, uh, you know, an analogy for black. Exactly. And so the whole anti-woke movement to me is really anti-blackness uh, with another fancy name. And I am, I am going to stay woke. Um, <laughs> no matter what you, how, how, what talking points y'all come up with. Dr. Donald Singleton, there was a lot of controversy around the, um, the AP, African American Studies. Uh, it, the college board of which you are a part yes. claims that it did not kowtow to the pressure from conservatives, from Republicans. But yet the course was changed. And black conservatives who make up about point zero 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 one percent of the population are now a part of that curriculum and Black Lives Matter is out. Black Lives Matter and those other things are not out. What I said on CBS News and going back to what wokeism is, Gail King says she considers wokeism truthism because you're just telling the truth about people's history and people think, wait a minute, what is that about? Let's go back to all these things you say are being kicked out. There is nothing that says I can't talk about Black Lives Matter, and I do. There's nothing that says I can't talk about reparations, and I do. The AP College Board says these are the things that are going to be tested on the exam, and so understand that the kids have to know these essential knowledges for the exam. And apparently black conservatism is essential knowledge. I mean, a lot of teachers teach to the test. Not great teachers, but but I'm not mad at them if they do because they're going to be judged by the outcome of those tests. You are judged by the outcome of the Yeah, test. which is anti-educational, if you ask me, but nobody did. So, um, <laughs> you know, so doesn't that prioritize things that are not priorities, what historically it does, speaking? You, it, you can't teach any course and teach anything you want because I've been teaching AP Gov for 20 years. They changed that test as well. They've changed other courses. and because How did they a, change it? In AP Gov, you didn't know which cases, landmark cases, to study for the exam. Right. Then they told you, okay, only study these cases. They're going to be on the exam. So then you had to kick out some of the things that we were teaching before that we weren't sure are going to be tested. And so yeah, and, and if you teach in regular government or regular history, you can teach anything you want, and some people do. What happens is there has to be some type of structure, some type of format. And what happens with the AP exam, for all the AP exams, Advanced placement well, for those who are not following the bouncing ball. Thank you. Thank you. It, it just, if you pass the exam, uh, AP exam with a three, four, or five, that means you can skip certain classes, introductory classes in college because the advanced placement exam is equivalent to the introductory college course of that subject. And so that's how students get credit. So I had a young lady going to USC who got a five on the AP U.S. government exam. She could skip all the intro political science courses at USC saving thousands of dollars. Right. It's, but it's more than that. It's also whether or not you get into USC in the first place, many mm-hmm. times determined by those advanced placement tests mm-hmm. um, in classes, which is why, you know, Community Coalition fought to get those in South LA schools. But again, if I'm saying, well, these are the landmark cases and you're teaching to the test because you want your kids to be able to skip those introductory courses and be considered good scholars, quote unquote, it does skew history. Because it says these are the priorities and these are not. Well, Some, something tells me Citizens United is not on that list. No, Citizens United is in a discussion for kids to understand why 
Obama was criticized when he criticized Citizens United. All that's in context of the conversation in teaching, and that's the whole thing. You can teach about one thing all day if you want to. You can teach about one thing all year if you want to. But your students what, will fail the AP yeah, test. Because what, what, what are you going to align them with? And it has to be some type of guidelines. I mean, I understand that. I'm just saying that... You know, if the board is subject to political pressure, then that means politicians can skew our understanding of history because we have to do well in those classes to thrive in academic settings. But what happened was people don't understand when Carvalho said that the college board caved in to um, conservative um, criticism. That was not true. What happens is every week we were asked, what did you teach well? What did the kids understand? How well did you think you taught that? What do you think? Is that a good subject to teach? The teachers were asked to rate, to evaluate what was being taught. That's how it was shaped. It wasn't shaped because conservatives hated it. In fact, some of the shaping happened long before the conservative criticisms became public. You know, they may have hated it because they're going to hate it no matter what. And what I said was, you, do, you can't cave in because if you were caving in, you wouldn't teach it at all. And I said, if you teach an AP German, AP French, AP Italian, AP European history, and in those classes you're not teaching white kids to hate black kids, how could you possibly be teaching black kids to hate white kids in AP African-American studies? It's simply history. History that's been kept away from us forever. We will continue this fascinating conversation. How do we preserve and promote and understand our history after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580? More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive, and we don't black down. All right. I got uh, about 10 shows in one in this studio today. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Laura Daniels-Ball is here. She's an entrepreneur, a marketing executive, and the president of the R Author Study Club. And we have Dr. Donald Singleton, who is an educator and an AP pioneer and I, I really I'm not even kidding because we could do a whole show on AP we could do a whole show on them cookies you make <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's ball we could do a show on just black history um, and our authors study club and the city of LA Department of Cultural Affairs has got a, an open call for entries for the 2024 African-American Heritage Guide what is that oh we are so proud of this program but i'm especially proud because when i was a corporate executive i did the first calendar and now it is a book it is a tabletop style calendar with the art from african-american artists and poets uh, from throughout the southland absolutely beautiful and incredible so this is our open call for all organizations throughout southern california to send in their events that are happening from february 1st through march 31st 2024 and for our artists to send in their works of art and their prose or poems to be included in this incredible guide that it will be distributed throughout southern california now the key thing is we've got a hard deadline 
of November 28th. Now, starting tomorrow, you can go to our website and download the forms that you can get to send in your um, your submissions. Now, we don't want any organization to be left out because this is a way for everyone to be able to see and 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 uh, have your in-person events uh, attended, whether it's online or in person. And the great thing is there's no age limit for your artwork. So encourage your young people that are artists or, or poets or, sp- or spoken word even that they write down to submit. Okay, so that's very important. So they can, and you can uh, get those forms at Our Earth Study Club, www.oascla.org. I mean, but it's a calendar and a cultural guide. Yes. And we always, I and others, complain about the fact that there's no black master calendar, right? So for some reason, on February 7th one year, everybody has their event. And you can't be everywhere at once. Um, And so the more folks put stuff in this heritage calendar, the more we would at least be able to better plan around it, right? Right. And they can go to online and see what everybody's doing. And Arthur Study Club is looking into how do we... How can we do a master calendar? You know, because we have, you know, Black Culture in L.A. and we have Black in L.A. All of them have calendars, but there is not one master calendar. They don't. They don't all have the same stuff. Yeah, on they don't, it. They don't all don't have overlap. the same stuff. I mean, yeah, you get and and it's the same with the papers. You know, you go over here. Sentinel has one thing, the Wave has right. something else, you know, yeah, so we're Ebony look- Essence, everybody got yeah. something different. So we're looking into that as well as trying to to restart something that Libby Clark did years ago. If, if you, I don't know if you remember Libby Clark, she was with the Sentinel, but she has something called the Plum Guide, that the Plum Book, that had all of our black uh, organizations and our black community leaders in one book, and we knew how to communicate with one another, which is becoming even more important now since our or since our community is even more dispersed. So we're looking at how mm. do, how can we facilitate that? How can we make that happen? So we're looking into that right now. How can we do a master calendar? How can we facilitate us talking to one another? And then Metro has just uh, put together an online program where they're trying to collect organizations for the purpose of communicating. And I just signed up for them. And I don't have their exact information, but they are putting together a master calendar of organizations for the purpose of communicating with com- organizations uh, and it's a diverse so it's everyone not just african-american but it's everyone black brown white lgbtq everyone that's so, a big old calendar so yes that's, that's a, and, and, and it's a search database that you can look but, oh, okay. but the key thing is when i looked on and i got approved if you don't turn your profile on then you really can't search them. So I was only able to look up 29 organizations in there, although they have over 300 that have, they've approved. Wow. So, but anyway, we are looking into that because we need it. We really do need that. Meanwhile, you have till November 28th, hard stop. So just tell yourself November 21st <laughs> to, uh, to get into the Our Authors Study Club and LA Department of Cultural Affairs, African American Heritage Guide 2024. Um, you know, you guys are an interesting combination because I feel like, um, you know, your our author's work, um, Laura Daniels Ball, is about getting grown folks, old folks, people that probably already should know, um, connected to our history. And you, Dr. Singleton, are starting at the early years when folks are in high school and trying to 
get that into the curriculum in all in, in AP and I'm, I imagine in every other way you can. How does that, um, how do you guys work in tandem? How is that partnership? Oh, no, we are desperately trying to bring our young people along. I am trying to create a secession plan. It is important that our young people know about us. And also, we want to spotlight those that are carrying that heavy water about black history. And we are, and also our educators are very important to us. So he is prime and right in our target for us to support. I mean, it's it's, it's funny you say that because I think we, uh, it's Amazing, wonderful, great work. But I hear us sitting around all the time saying, oh, we got to bring our young people along. I agree. But I think we got to bring our old people along, too. I can't believe how many grown, overgrown, extra grown, and (laughs) all the way old people call here and don't know the ABCs of black history. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what do we do about that, Dr. Singleton? We start with the the churches. We start Mm -hmm. with the places people want to congregate, anywhere they want to congregate. If someone says, The club. Why do we have, right? I don't know if Free I can go to the club right any- there. <laughs> <laughs> Free drinks for anyone who can tell me about M Hotel. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, though. So, do you? I mean, and I say that because I have friends in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for example, Emmett mm-hmm. Glenn, a friend of mine. He said that the older people, 50 and 60 years old, said they wanted to know about it, and so he started a class at the church. Where anybody could come, not members of the church, anybody from the community could come. The church just said this, you can come here. And they were asking questions and learning things. And he said that he found that they were just as excited as the young people mm-hmm. oh, about, yeah. about I learning imagine. that. And mm-hmm. so, yes, we can do that. All we have to do is find a form and an interest. Because mm-hmm. I would love to teach that to people who are seasoned to say, do you know why you coming from New Orleans are probably Catholic? Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Oh, no. I was. I was Catholic. I was at You're from St. New Bridges. Orleans. My mom, my mom was born in New Orleans. But there was a Louisiana code that said that the only religion you could teach was Catholicism. Catholicism yep. And that any, any other religion was forbidden. And so the masters were allowed to teach their subjects Catholicism. But that was it. And so, so many of them... Uh, kept on with that and so all over the place you have these people from New Orleans including my family who were Catholic and so but that's 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 in the slave code in Louisiana it's not just willy-nilly it didn't just come out of nowhere it came from someplace there's reasons why in the Stono rebellion of 1740 they said that they outlawed drumming why because in our culture, in our history, in our country, we communicated by drumming. Right. And so many we times, right, mm-hmm. we sent messages. So mm-hmm. um, say a plane crash happened 200 miles away. By the time white folks had communicated teletype to each other, black people already knew, Africans already knew because mm-hmm. they had drummed it. Mm-hmm. And so all of that is important. It's important to understand as much as we love sports and rapping, and I love both of those, that education was the key, mm-hmm. that in Africa, education was the key, and that we had we had universities. And so students need to know that your destiny, your DNA, is academic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, we play sports and we rap, and that's wonderful, but you're academic. And even in slavery, when slavery was over, blacks were riding in carriages reading books Did because they loved reading so much. Is it a return to the rebellion, the, the, the role of rebellion of the church, the fact that churches across the country, black churches right now, are stepping up to teach black history because of the DeSantis phenomena? 
Yes, definitely in Florida and in Arkansas mm-hmm. and other places, they're saying, wait a minute, you're not going to erase our history. You're not going to do that as crazy as you, you are. You're not going to be able to do that. And so we will step in and teach our young people and teach our seasoned people. So maybe we yeah. should be thanking Ron DeSantis for returning the black church to its rightful <laughs> place <laughs> as a primary source, source. for yeah. uh, the black community. Continuing this conversation when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. A lively panel today, Laura Daniels, while president of our Authors Study Club, Dr. Donald Singleton, before we went out of time, because it just seems to happen in radio. (laughs) uh, Tell us how to follow you, uh, Dr. Singleton. Professor Singleton1 at gmail.com. Okay, that's your email. But are you on any of the socials? I am. <laughs> I'm on Instagram. Um, how do you follow me? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I'll figure it out. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. A lot of people have contacted me he's on LinkedIn. There, but he doesn't know how to follow. Okay, I'm not mad at that. I'm not get some of your students to show you. Oh okay. man, immediately. Uh, Laura Daniels Ball, how do we follow you? Okay, so you can get us on Facebook at Our Author Study Club. And our new uh, director of communications, Aisha Randall, is setting up our Instagram. Um, so the Yay, best Aisha. way, <laughs> so the best way to reach us is our Arthur Study Club on Facebook, and then also by email at vasi at oascla dot org. And of course, check us out on our website at www.oascla.org. Uh, uh, How do you spell Vasi? V a s s i e. I e. See, I spelled it wrong. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> We, I was calling, kind of calling out to us to not just educate the young, but also the o- the uh, elders. You say you, you guys are already on that. So, so explain some of the programs that you have and how folks can access. Okay, so so we think that we're doing uh, really well with our older group, with our <laughs> <laughs> with our annual bus tours that we actually will be starting again live this year uh, uh, because of COVID. We were not able to do them, but February third we will be having our uh, bus tour. And we are looking to uh, expand that to on-demand Black History bus tours. So stay tuned for that. We also have our speakers uh, series where we bring in Black History speaker series speakers on uh, various topics um, that may be authors, it may be um, uh, academicians. And then we're launching the Sankofa Speakers Bureau that the community will be able to reach out and get speakers on a various number number of topics. Um, then we, of course, have all of our black history programs that will be happening during our citywide celebrations and uh, we have our research program so there's a number of different things that we are doing that reach out to our older group and then we are targeting for those of you that are in your 30s 40s and 50s we're looking for you because we want to put together our secession plan and we're looking for leaders that are interested in amplifying and igniting the story and the history of black of black history um, joining with us so we can create leaders and work with uh, with those folks uh, to put together program and it makes sense for your generation. Mm. And back to the to the generation uh, that you're dealing with day in day out. Uh, you know, we, we we stereotype young people a lot. I try to get more of them. Maybe you'll supply me with some of your students to speak out because I think we talk about young people too not too much and not to them. Um, how are you feeling about this generation? We have some 
unbelievably brilliant young people. You've had some in the studio. I've heard you talking to some of them in the studio. So we have great young people. I'm very, very energized and enthusiastic about the people, the young people that I see. Um, this generation is thirsty. They want to know more and thirsty for knowledge. Thirsty not for just knowledge. Thirsty in general. <laughs> Th- thirsty, thirsty for knowledge. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, so when you hear people say, "Oh, we're going to hell in a handbasket," mm. kids today, they all they do is social media. They don't mm. care about anything. <laughs> what do? You, how do you respond to that? Often they res- they look at events around the world more quickly than we did because of social media. And so my students are talking about the Israelis and the Palestinians in class because of social media, because of the things that are happening, you know, real time, they're finding out about things and sharing them. So it's not that they're devoid of understanding of the news and they're very, very connected to them, especially in my classes. You know, it's required, for example, that my students in my AP U.S. government class watch Meet the Press with Kristen Welker and come in She's and awful. talk about it. Yes. And so they are quite connected to it and they're excited about it. So, yes, we have some wonderful young people, not only at Crenshaw and Dorsey and Washington Prep, but all over the country. And so we need to acknowledge them, encourage them and teach them. Do you teach, um, well, this is for both of you. Do you guys teach media literacy? Because one thing about being connected on social media is if you're, interested in uh, world news and what's going on globally is there's a lot of mis and disinformation as well. And this is not just for mm. kids, by the way. But that's, Dr. Ball. that's an excellent um, okay, so we're going to put that in. I'm, Aisha, if you're listening, uh, I want you to program <laughs> that in because that's an excellent workshop. I hadn't thought about that because I'm so literate in, in media and digital. I, I take it for granted that everybody is, and I've taught elders in uh, how to use media and what have you. So I see all the competency that a lot of them have, but that is excellent idea. So Aisha, I hope you're listening. I'm writing it down. We're going to do a workshop on that. That's a great idea. Thank you. Okay, because I, I, I just feel like it, it becomes more urgent with AI and deep fakes and yes. you know and, and yes. disinformation and i have people that listen to the show our kbla delegation that will come into my facebook or my ig and oh this video is terrible we should da, da, da. and then i look at it and i'm okay but it's fake mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, and so getting the skills to discern i think is super important that's a great idea How, what can what do people do when they're part of uh, our authors if they want to join you if they want to join not us. as a leader but just as a member but just as a member yeah. member they can go online and um and you know complete their application we're starting our action membership uh uh campaign for 2024 in November 1 but they have the opportunity to join a committee um and work in that committee or they can just be if they just want to come on and see what we're doing and attend the events then they can do that till they get their feet wet uh, but they can you know be part of our oratorical competition that's coming up for our young people they could be part of the programming for the speech Speakers committee. They could just attend the events. Um, they can uh, uh, take advantage of all of the benefits that we have. So basically, it's make just it's, all it's kinds just of things to make you smarter. Right to make to make you to make you smarter. <laughs> all ki- types of things to make you smarter. Oh wait, we found your Instagram. <laughs> okay, what is it? I have two Instagrams, but here's one of them: single dude ten thirty. Single what? Dude, D U D E ten thirty. That's what I thought you said, but I was just making sure I heard it. <laughs> Okay, single dude, ten thirty. That's one of uh, them. C- yes. Clearly, one of your students set that up. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> we already know. 
and, oh, and one I'm sorry, one other thing that we do have a church program also that we do for older for older folks too. So I just want to What let does you that know. mean a church program? Um, Y'all preach? We, well we know where we go out <laughs> we, we go out and visit various churches and uh, talk about ours the study club and all the opportunities and what have you. So um uh so I just want to make sure that we, we have that because that's a very uh, important program for and us. And you probably don't have to be a member to to invite you guys to your church, right? Oh no, no not at all. We we, uh, we we try to get to as many churches as we can given that we are an, we are a totally volunteer organization with no staff or what have you. So we try to program that all in and what amazing, have you. Yes. Amazing the, the work that you guys do on yeah. a volunteer basis. Okay. Um, Dr. Singleton. Yes. Now I'm putting on my mom hat. <laughs> <laughs> You're a teacher. I'm, we're not in a conference. Don't worry. We're not in the parent teacher conference, but here's the question. What do you wish that black parents would do more of with our children that you know, so that they can come to you and succeed and thrive. One of the things I want all parents to do, black, Latino, whatever, is to read with their young people. That art is missing. You tell your child to go read, go read a book. I told you to go do your homework. No, you sit down. You find out what that child's interests are or things that you want that child to know. You spend some time with your child. I promise you, your child will come to my classroom differently if you just tell that kid i told you to do your homework i told you what to do that doesn't help nearly as much as you spending five minutes reading something what do you think about that having that connection it makes the world of difference reading with your child meaning reading it together reading it together of course teenagers are not big on doing mostly hardly anything with their parents but i guess it's you're talking about when they're younger yes yeah i know for sure that uh, my child likes one of the reasons my child likes to read and probably not as much likes to do his homework is because <laughs> I would say, Go do your homework, but he would always see me reading. See you reading. Mm-hmm. That's because I'm reading for work, I'm right. reading for fun, I'm reading the reading, same reading. thing for me. Uh, my dad reading, was reading, reading, reading all the time. My dad was reading the newspaper every day, and so I still get the LA Times. Right. I began to read because I saw my dad read. My son, who was deaf and learning disabled, saw me read. He was always trying to read because he saw Daddy read. Right. It's about seeing. That's important. Put yeah. that in front of him. I think that's right because I, I still, I'm still going. Well, no, he graduated from high school. <laughs> reflexively, I'm like, do your homework, do your homework. Doesn't work. Sure. But I'm like, yellow highlighting right. books mm-hmm. and right. you know, reading articles and looking up a thing. And so that's you know, that's part of the culture of our home. Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think um, that is, it's a whole other show too, but when we talk about achievement gaps, my theory is more reading, less TV. Definitely. Because mm-hmm. first of all, as you know, you, you've done you know, radio for many years. You've done so much. You know you can't put everything in a show. You can't put everything in a broadcast. We're talking now. There are things you wish you could include. We can't get. Right. But in the reading there's so many ways of explaining things and exposing young people to things and old people to things that are in the books. And so it's important. I'm, I have a book here, The Invisibles, The Untold Story of African-American Slaves in the White House. Mm-hmm. And it Ooh, goes I into detail. I read that. Okay, see, there, d- with there we George Washington, have... James Madison is talking about their slaves, their body men, their body servants, and how deep that was. I mean, I never heard about that, that 10 out of 12 of the first presidents were slave owners only john adams and john quincy adams refused to have slaves it's important 
to get into history, get into it deeply, and it changes lives. Okay, so that's uh, Dr. Singleton's reading assignment. Do your homework, KBLA <laughs> delegation. <laughs> the Invisibles, we're going to get it, we're going to read it. <laughs> uh, and I will read it too, because that sounds fascinating. Just quickly, how many schools are now doing the AP? Uh, so now, it started with 62, and now there are over 700, and next year, AP African American Studies will now be in any school that wants it. So the first year AP African American Studies was only in 62 schools. Across and then the nation, the, right? Across the nation. And Dorsey High was the first public high school wow. in California to do it. Okay. And th- so now anybody can do it. Got to leave it there. We'll okay. talk about it some more soon. Tavis Smiley is up next. Till tomorrow, one love.